the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church Reno, we love God, love others, and make a difference. For more information, visit lifechurchreno.com. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Hey, as we continue today in our series, The New Normal, Pastor Dave previously talked about how this, this isn't so much, we're not talking about a new normal after like a, a crisis that we just talked about or a, a major life-changing event. We're talking about a new normal after someone gives their heart and life to Jesus. And over the last couple of weeks, we looked at both the call to serve as well as the call to live in Christ-centered community. And both of these are new normals. Both of these are new behaviors for someone who comes uh, into a saving knowledge of faith in Jesus Christ. Because pre-Jesus, man, we're not super interested in serving others or being in Christ-centered community, right? So these are new behaviors, new normals. And I wanna continue that today by talking about hearing God's voice. And if you're wondering how that fits into this series, New Normal, I can tell you that pre-Jesus, most of us were either completely unaware or just pretty indifferent to some supernatural God. And pre-Jesus, we were really not very like, interested at all in what he had to say. But the day we gave our lives to Jesus, all of a sudden, listen, hearing God's voice becomes a thing. Everything changes because we're no longer calling the shots. We're no longer the ones in charge, right? As Carrie Underwood said, we said, Jesus, take the wheel. And we begin this process of sanctification where day by day we're being changed and transformed to look more and more like Jesus. And a big part of that process is being guided and led by the Holy Spirit. And so it's important for us to hear God's voice, church, because listen, how do you follow a God you can't hear? How do you know what to do, what to say, where to go? How do you know what his plans are for your life if you cannot hear them? And so today I wanna to talk about hearing God's voice. And I'm gonna do it a little different today. I'm not, I don't have like three or four little takeaways for you. Instead, I wanna kind of wrestle with and unpack a couple of questions surrounding this topic of hearing God's voice. And the first question is this, does God still speak today? Does God still speak today? You see, as you look in the Bible, as you read, you see these incredible stories of how God spoke in the past, right? God walked and talked with Adam and Eve. God instructed Noah to build an ark. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. God delivered messages to the nation of Israel through the Old Testament prophets. You go to the New Testament, you see the Apostle Paul, or Saul at the time, right? On the road to Damascus, blinded by this bright light, and you hear God speak to him. So you see these incredible stories of how God spoke in the past. And, but there's a lot of people who assume that just God doesn't speak that way anymore. And so I want to wrestle with and unpack this idea, does God still speak today? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to a very famous verse, John 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning 
was the word referring to Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. I find that very interesting that John chooses to use word or in the ancient Greek logos to describe Jesus. You see, the definition of word or logos is a medium by which thoughts are expressed. And John uses this term to describe Jesus. And I believe, man, what we can pick up from that verse is that, listen, it is God's very nature to speak. It's God's very nature to express himself. God wants to be known. And I believe that's a big part of what separates Christianity from any other religion is that we don't believe in some distant God. We believe in a personal God who knows us. He wants us to know him and he wants to have a relationship with us. And church, how do we have a relationship with somebody when there's no communication? How do you have relationships with someone when there's only one-sided communication? So listen, it is God's nature to speak. And it's not just his nature to speak. It's not just his nature to express himself and to be known. It's what he's always done since the beginning of time. Man, if you look at the Genesis account, you see over and over again, God said, God spoke, God said, God spoke, right? He spoke and our world was formed. He spoke and we were created. He spoke and chaos became order. He spoke and darkness became light. God has been speaking from the very beginning of time. And that voice is still active. It's still evident in all of creation today. The voice is still active and it's what sustains our very lives. Look, if you would, at Psalm 33, six. It says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Romans one, verse 20 says this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Listen, God who has been speaking from the beginning of time didn't just all of a sudden wake up one day if he sleeps, but didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'll just, I'm done speaking. Or a silent God didn't just wake up one day and was in a speaking mood and created this world, gave us the Holy Scriptures and then went back to being silent. Neither of those things is true because God's very nature is to speak and he's been speaking since the beginning of time. Listen, God, isn't, God didn't just speak, God is speaking. God is speaking. I believe that's what gives the Bible power. You know why the Bible has the ability to completely change someone's life? It's because the written word of God directly corresponds to his active, powerful voice today. God is still speaking. So you may be asking yourself, well, Greg, if God is still speaking, why can I not hear him? 
And if we were honest, I believe there's a lot of Christians today who hear other believers talk about this. They hear other believers say, man, the Lord told me, the Lord said, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord gave me this word. And I think there's a lot of Christians today who have no idea what that's like. And I think for a lot of Christians who struggle to hear the voice of God, they kind of start to feel a little bit insecure about their faith or maybe inadequate. And so, If God is clearly speaking today, then why do so many Christians struggle to hear his voice? I'm gonna give you a couple of reasons real quick. And the first one is this. I just simply believe there's too much competing noise. There's too much competing noise. We as a society, we're addicted to sensory overload. We're addicted to constant input, constant noise. And you think of people before the technical revolution and there was a rhythm to life, man. There was a lot of downtime, right? I mean, you worked all day, but guess what? At night you came home, you lit a candle. You sat by a fire, you read a book or you had a conversation or you prayed or reflected. But then there was the invention of electricity, then the light bulb, then the radio, then television, then computers, then mobile devices. And it's just constant noise, constant input. Listen, have you ever tried to speak to somebody sincerely who's distracted? Or have you tried to talk to someone over competing noise? It's like the most frustrating thing in the world. I mean, it makes you feel devalued and like what you have to say is not important at all. This is a normal thing in our household, pick on my kids a little bit, where it's like, you're trying to speak to them, you're like, I'm about to flush those AirPods down the toilet and drop kick your iPhone into the neighbor's yard. Look at me! Yeah, I'm just kidding. I love my AirPods, I'm not gonna lie. Um, But I have a feeling, man, that's how God feels trying to speak to us. There's just too much noise. There's not just competing noise. I believe there's also competing voices. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you needed a word? You needed some input. You needed some advice. Look, when you find yourself in those situations, I can promise you this, there's no shortage of other people willing to talk and tell you how to live your life. There's no shortage of armchair quarterbacks. And it's voices from our friends, voices from our families, voices from media, society, culture, voices from celebrities, politicians, voices from our own past. We're flooded by a multitude of voices when we're in need of a word. And many times we run to everyone else for advice except for the one who knows all things, controls all things, and wants what's best for us. So there's too much competing noise. There's too many competing voices. Oswald Chambers says this, every time circumstances press in on you, stop and say, speak, Lord, and make time to listen. Man, is that our first reaction? Is to stop, to shut out the other voices, to shut out the noise and say, speak, Lord, 
And I know it's not for me sometimes. Another reason why Christians struggle to hear the voice of God is because simply we're just too busy. In the same way we're addicted to constant input, we're also addicted to constant activity. Several years ago, I gave a message on this topic of busyness and I talked about red line living where we're just going through life full throttle and we're moving at 200 miles an hour, flying through life completely out of control, man, on the verge of self-destruction with zero space or zero margin in our lives. And I can tell you this, relationship happens in the margins. Intimacy is developed in the margins. And for many of us, we're going through life with no margin, no space, and we wonder why God feels distant or silent. A.W. Tozer says this, the tragedy is that our eternity depends on hearing the voice of God. But many people are too busy and too distracted to listen. Psalm 37, seven says this, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. And I think for a lot of us, we're just incapable of being still and quiet. But I can tell you this church, God's voice is found in the stillness. God's voice is found in the quiet. I think for a lot of us, we're just too busy. Another reason we struggle to hear God's voice is because there's just unconfessed sin in our lives. And I believe fully in the sufficiency of Jesus's work on the cross, where when he died and rose again, he paid the debt for all sin and we are forgiven. But I do believe at times there's unconfessed sin in our lives, stuff that we haven't dealt with and got right, and it does affect our intimacy with God. Isaiah 59.2 says this, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so he will not hear. Psalm 66.18 says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. I can just tell you this, church, in my own experience and in my own life, the times when God felt a million miles away, the times when God felt silent or distant, there was almost always unconfessed sin in my life, stuff I had yet to dealt with, deal with. And what that does is it creates a barrier where I can't approach him and have the intimacy that I'm supposed to have with him. So for a lot of people, maybe there's just unconfessed sin in your life. And then the last reason why I think people struggle with hearing God's voice is that they just haven't learned to recognize his voice yet. My father-in-law has this very unique whistle. And it's loud. Do we have any loud whistlers in here? Like there's either people who whistle or have the loud whistle. You know what I'm talking about? How many loud whistlers do you have? Let me see your hands because I'm jealous of you. I've tried, man. I've tried and tried. I've done the finger thing. I've done, like, I can't do it. But my father-in-law has this very unique whistle and my, my wife tells a story of like her and her brothers and sisters. Man, they could be in an amusement park with 
Hundreds of people and noise and talking and screaming and the sound of roller coasters. And my father-in-law could be hundreds of yards away. And guess what? He rips that whistle and they would just perk up because they knew it. They recognized it. Look at this verse in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, if you look at shepherds and sheep, man, the sheep who are the dumbest animals alive, they do learn how to recognize the shepherd's voice. And they can be far away and when he calls, they know it. I think for a lot of it, maybe for you, you're a brand new believer, you're a brand new Christian, or maybe you've just, you've given your life to Jesus some time ago, but you haven't really grown in your faith and you're this immature believer, but you haven't had the time to develop an ear to hear. Well, here's the good news though, if that's you. When you gave your heart and life to Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you and to dwell inside of you. And listen, he gives you that ability to hear his voice, recognize his voice. He gives you that ability. That ability is innate. But there is responsibility placed on us to develop that. As we grow closer to the Lord, we can discern his voice from the noise around us. We can discern his voice from the other competing voices. But we have to be intentional about developing that listening ear. See, God doesn't speak to us audibly. He doesn't speak through our physical ears. He speaks to what the book of Hebrews refers to as the inner ear, the ear of our soul. And we have to develop that so that we recognize the shepherd's voice. And you say, well, how do I do that? How to develop an ear to hear? Well, I want you today to hear from one of our very own, John Sapico, and hear his story about how he's been learning to hear the voice of God as God has led him into uh, new things. Let's watch this. We moved into the Monty area about 2010, and we have joined Life Church, and we've joined um, some life groups, different life groups. And I would say from there, I, I move, uh, I grew a lot on my Christian walk. Um, I remember one of the one of the life group topic that we had was about um, how God whispers, how the Holy Spirit whispers. And the author of the book was sharing how he would hear uh, whispers from, you know, out of, out of nowhere. Um, he would get nudges. That really intrigued me when, when, uh, when I hear about that. And deep inside, I asked myself, what is this like for me? I started praying every morning. Um, I work um, early morning, you know, I start my day about 
one o'clock in the morning to go to work. And I make it a habit to just start my day by just praying. Um, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to, to lead me. And one morning I was doing my devotion. It was in Zechariah 8.6. I felt like God was talking to me and giving me a message of that I need to share a message of reconciliation and restoration to the poor people. So I usually pray with my eyes closed and I, I opened my eyes and said, wow, God, is this really you? You want me to share this? Who do you want me to share it to? You want me to share it to, to the poor? That same time I started heading home, as I was entering the freeway, there was a homeless guy on the corner. I just pulled over on the side of the freeway, turned up the engine, went to the guy, and asked him, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, you can pray for me. So I start, we were on the corner, of the, we were on the corner. I lay my hands on his shoulder and just start praying for him about, and I remember the message that God gave me about reconciliation and restoration. And I told him that, that, you know, God is the God of second chance. You know, after that incident with the homeless, I'm gonna go to downtown tomorrow and go to the river and just hang out there and see what God would do. So I did that the following day. Just hang out the river, you know, as I was walking in my head, I was praying for these people, you know, um, as they catch my eye, I start approaching them and asking them, can I pray for you? And in fact, all of them said yes. Say you can pray for me. So I just start praying for all these people and start sharing the same message that I got from my devotion about reconciliation and restoration. They shared me their stories, what they need. I prayed for it and just go on from one person to another. It was really an experience to, to be in that position, being able to have a message to share, knowing that really came from God, a nudge that I get from the Holy Spirit to just approach strangers that I didn't even know. It was like an eye-opening to me with what I have experienced this past months is that this is what God had called me to do because someone has to do it, has to pray for that elderly at the hospital, that homeless guy in the corner, that lady on the front counter, and just homeless people at the, at the river. I believe that this nudges that I got was birthed because um, I became really intentional in reading, reading his word, spending time alone, having to start my day with prayer. These are the steps that I believe, you know, will, will groom you or 
groomed me for that matter to 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 hear from him my life is different now because i am more closer and i let him really guide guide me guide my day and even up to now you know i still get those nudges and my prayer is that every day that i will get those nudges and i'll just listen and just follow isn't that good Thank you, John, wherever you're at. I saw him out on the patio earlier, but man, that's exciting to hear. So the last question I wanna wrestle with today is if you do feel like God is speaking to you, if you do feel like God is laying something on your heart, how do you know it's God? How do you know it's God? And not just competing voices or maybe you. How do I know it's God? And today I wanna to give you a couple of quick filters that you can run these things through to see if it is God who's speaking. And these aren't just great filters to run for you personally. These are also great filters that you can use when other people are speaking or saying something to you. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who overuse God said, the Lord said, God told me, right? That gets overused a lot. Or what's even worse is that it gets abused and there's people that kind of use the God card to try to manipulate or control. And so these filters I'm gonna give you today, man, are also beneficial to kind of filter out what other people are saying as well. But how do I know it's from God? First thing is this, does it align with scripture? Does it align with scripture? And this is key, I don't want you to miss this. What God is saying will never contradict what he previously said. See, God is consistent. God is unchanging and God's word is true. And that means his word was true thousands of years ago. His word is true today and his word will be true thousands of years from now. His word is unchanging. And so if he's saying something to you, it's impossible for it to contradict what he previously said. So does it align with scripture? The second thing is this, does it bring God glory and point people to Christ? Is the end means, the end result, is it to bring God glory and point people to Christ? Because if it's to bring you glory and to point people to you, it's probably not from God because he's really not interested in us getting glory. He wants to draw people to himself. And so does it, bring God glory and point people to Christ. The next one is, is it consistent with how God's wired or shaped you? You see, God does nothing by accident. He created you with certain abilities and skills and passions. And I can tell you this, a lot of times our purpose is determined by how he shaped and wired us. And so if you feel a calling, if you feel like he's telling you something, man, does it align with how he's wired and shaped and created you? I want to give you an example. If Pastor Dave or Pastor Scott came to me and said, Greg, I feel like the Lord is saying that I need to lead worship. If you've ever heard either one of those two sing, you would be like, that's not from God. 
That may be bad Mexican food last night, but that is not from God. Because that is not at all consistent with how God's wired or shaped them. And so if you feel like God's speaking to you, another filters, man, does it align with how he's wired you? Another filter, has God giving you open doors or provided opportunities? There was a phrase I heard long ago that if it's God's will, then it's God's bill, which just simply means this. Listen, if God's calling you and telling you to do something, then he will provide. He will go before you. He will open doors. He'll provide a way. And I can tell you this, if you're chasing after something that you think God's telling you, but you're hitting closed door after closed door after closed door, you need to pause and stop trying to force it because it may either may not be God or it's not his timing. So has he opened doors and provided opportunities? And then the last one is who has affirmed this in your life? And this is a very important one. And I want to camp out here just for a little bit because I also believe not only is it very important, it's all, always is, or it's often overlooked or circumvented. And the results of skipping over this a lot of times ends up costing you dearly. But who's affirmed it in your life? Listen, you need to have people in your life who love you, who love God, who are more spiritually mature than you are. They're further on their journey than you are, right? They're, they're further along than you are and they were willing to be honest with you. You need to have those people in your life that you can bounce these things off of. Man, that's a huge reason why the Bible calls us to live in Christ-centered community. We talked about it last week and we gave you the opportunity to sign up for life groups last week, which by the way, if you miss that, we do have tables out there on the patio. You can sign up for a life group today. So don't miss that because this is a huge benefit right here is that if you feel like God's speaking to you, if you feel like you heard a word from the Lord, you have people in your life that you know love you, love Jesus, that you can bounce these things off of. You say, hey, I think God's telling me this. What do you think? This is so important. And if you don't have that kind of community in your life, listen, that's what we're here for. I mean, a big part of our job as pastors is to help you discern what God is saying to you and discern what God has for you in your life. I mean, that's why the Bible talks about submitting to spiritual authority. And I can, even though our society today, submitting to authority is like this very negative thing. Listen, it's important spiritually because it provides a covering. It provides protection from us making those costly mistakes. To have people in your life who are saying, I don't, man, I believe God wants you to do this. I don't think you should do that. I can tell you in my own life, when I was wrestling with the call to go into ministry, I never, I didn't grow up wanting to do this. But when I was feeling like God was prodding me. God was speaking to me about making a change in my life. I was already at a point where I was experiencing a lot of success in commercial construction in Dallas-Fort Worth. And so this, this call to ministry was a big deal. I did not want to mess this up. And so I've wrestled with this a long time. 
But I can tell you this, I'm so grateful looking back on it that I had men in my life, the, my pastors and my dad, friends who said, we see this in your life. We see God's given you this ability and we believe God wants you to do this full time. And I can't tell you what kind of confidence that gave me. So where I was able to be uh, able to step out in obedience because I had that affirmation. And if you feel like God's speaking to you, my question to you is who's affirmed that in your life? Look at Proverbs 12, 15, what it says. It says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. See, we're not meant to process this stuff in isolation. And we need to have people in our lives that we can bounce these things off of. I'm gonna close with this. Listen, church, if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. God is actively speaking today. And he wants to be known. He wants us to be able to know his voice, recognize his voice. Listen, God isn't up there playing this giant cosmic game of where's Waldo, where only the smartest or the most spiritual find him. He wants us all to know his voice. He wants us to be able to discern him from the rest of the noise of this world. He wants us to be able to discern his voice from the other voices that come flooding in. That's what God wants. That's his desire. It's his nature. But we have to develop ears to hear. Because again, I'm going to ask the question, how do you follow a God that you can't hear? How do you follow a God that you can't hear, that you aren't in communication with. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, first off, I just want to thank you that you are not some distant, silent God. But God, you are a personal God. That God, the God of the universe, the God that spoke everything into existence, that God, we can know you personally. I thank you for that. I thank you that you don't just leave us to kind of figure our way out through life, but God, you want to guide and direct us. God, you want to instruct us. God, you have plans for us. God, I thank you that you are actively speaking today and that you want to be known. You want to speak into our lives. God, I pray that we would have ears to hear God, I pray that we would be intentional about creating those moments where we're still and we're quiet. God, I pray that we would learn to pray, not just speaking, but God, pray by listening. God, I pray that we would have a hunger and desire to spend time in your word. And that God, we would develop that sensitivity to acknowledge the proddings and the, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for who you are. God, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this, and we'll see you soon.